0: Good evening, everyone. Good to have you here this evening. Hopefully, had a good afternoon. Uh, a little bit cooler. Uh, we had a beautiful day yesterday for Rekindle. Thanks for all those that prayed. Uh, I was a little chilly in the morning, um, but the Minnesota boy and me loved that. And then uh, I warmed up throughout the day and got to up to almost sixty, which for me is awesome. And uh, but there was no rain. Sunshine was out, and uh, the Lord worked, and so we had a great time of Rekindle. Ask any of the teenagers uh, if they learned anything. Hopefully, they have something to give you. Um, but if not, we had a great group of volunteers. Um, We had, I think, the most volunteers we've ever had for Rekindle. I was counting with my wife and all the volunteers and sponsors and everything, we had almost 50 um, here. And so that was incredible um, to see our college kids and some of our married couples just jump in and serve. And so that was exciting to see our church serve in that way, and I had a great day of Rekindle yesterday. All right, a couple of announcements tonight before we get started. First of all, if you're joining us for the first time here in person, please stop by our welcome desk. We have a gift we'd like to give to you, get a record of your visit as well and uh, just get to know you a little bit better. If you're joining us for the first time online, you can either scan that QR code or you can go to sptmd.org slash contacts and uh, fill out that form there so we can get a record of your visit online there. Uh, Nursery workers, we're still in need of more nursery workers. We have a lot of kids being born and a couple that are due and so we're looking forward to, we kind of have to expand our nursery, so it's just been exciting, but we need more workers so that the same four workers are not working every week. And so um, if you are interested in helping, Um, please see either Megan Gannon or Chrissy Pletcher. They'd love to get any information to you there. Halloween Tract Ministry, they're going to be handing out Halloween tracts and bags uh, in Irvington on Halloween. And so you can see Beth Olson or Glenda Dennison if you have any questions. But if you want to help out, come October 16th, that's next Monday, from 9.30 to 11.30 in the morning in the fellowship hall to help just stuff. And it's always just a good time of fellowship there as well. Baby shower for Jenny Foster is uh, two Sundays from now. Yes, two signs from now, today's the 8th, my days are running together. Two signs from now, at noon, there's going to be a taco bar. You can see where they're registered, they're on Amazon, and uh, if you want to give a group gift, I'm assuming Miss Cheryl is collecting for it. If she's not, she is now, all right? So uh, she's not collecting. There is no group gift. Okay, so if you want to give a gift, you have to go to Amazon yourself and get it yourself, all right? No group gift for this one, and so uh, but a taco bar will be provided there. Trucker 3 is coming up in just a couple weeks, and as Pastor said this morning, we are trying to make this more of an outreach for our church. Uh, it's a great opportunity for us to get and reach into the families in our community. And so uh, if you have family members or neighbors that you think have kids that would love to come to this, please invite them, 645 to 8 o'clock. Uh, but we need plenty of cars, so if there's a sign-up sheet between the two sides if you want to be involved in that. And so looking forward to that awesome opportunity for our church to reach out into our community there. And our missionaries of the week are Philip and Sophie Ninan in India. Um, You can read more about what they are doing in the back. Um, They asked not to have all of their letters posted online, and so uh, if you have an interest in what's going on in their ministry, um, Miss Faith puts them together faithfully there in the back. You can see the printout. Uh, There's a lot going on for their ministry, so they're looking forward to sharing what the Lord's doing, um, but we're not going to share it too much online here. So we have the ushers come forward at this time to receive this evening's offering. I'm going to ask Jonathan if he would pray for the offering and also for our missionaries as well.
1: Our Father and our God, we do thank you for this opportunity to come into your presence, to sing your praises, and remember the work of your Son, in whose name we pray, the cross of Calvary. It's because of his blood that we can be called your children. I do pray for the uh, Ninans, that you grant unto them uh, wisdom on how to navigate the current adversities, but also boldness in their God, that they would preach the word of God. pray that your word would have free course and be glorified, that souls would come to Christ, and that your church would stand Triumphant against all the, the gates of hell. I pray for this offering that we'd use it. You would use it to further your work it's in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen.
2: In First Chronicles 29, the David, King David, he had um, gathered all the materials and riches for the temple to be built. And after the people had given, offered willingly to the Lord, David he he praised this prayer in First Chronicles 29. In verse 10 he says, "Wherefore David blessed the Lord before all the congregation, and David said, "Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our Father, ever and ever. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. for all that is in heaven and all that is in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come of thee, and thou reignest over all." And in thine hand is power and might. And in thine hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. Now therefore, our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. This evening we're going to praise his glorious name, for he reigns over all and he is king. So if you're able, please stand with me as we sing, Rejoice, the Lord is King.
3: Rejoice, the Lord is King, your Lord and King. Lord. Rejoice
4: So, your anniversary was yesterday? How many years? 28 years, and Bob's not here. So, what's the secret to 28 years of marital bliss? Okay. (laughs) She's going to set me up for that one again. Okay. Amen, amen. So she said, "Marry someone who's funny like me." She said that a few years back, and I said in comment, "Miss Anna, looks aren't everything." (laughs) And she's never let me forget that. So every year she's like, "Marry somebody who's funny like me," and uh, two stubborn people, too stubborn to give up, and God uh, blesses that. Amen. Somebody else, birthdays or anniversaries, Skeet. Oh, you were shaking hands. I'm sorry. Don't raise your hand like that. Curtis had a birthday this week. Was it uh, Tuesday? Tuesday was your birthday. And how long have you known the Lord as your Savior? Since you were 15. Good answer. All right. Who are you pointing at? All right. Miss Myra, when was your birthday? Today. Wow. Happy birthday to you. And how old are you? 14. And how long have you known the Lord as your Savior? Ten years! Praise the Lord! That is wonderful. Anybody else? Birthdays or anniversaries? Let's sing Happy Birthday to these folks. Happy Birthday to you.
5: Happy Birthday.
3: Happy Birthday. God bless you. Happy Birthday.
4: So I'm just still. Uh, my voice is. Still here from yesterday, but, eh, you know, you'll just have to put up with it, I guess. Matthew, come on up and read for us.
1: To those of the congregation which are able, please stand for the reading of God's Word. As we are in the book of Joshua, chapter 9, verses 1 through 15. And it came to pass, when all the kings which were on this side, Jordan, in the hills, and in the valleys, and in all the coasts, coast of the great sea over against Lebanon, the Hittite, and the Amorite, the Canaanite, the Perizzite, the Hevite, and the Jebusite heard thereof. That They gathered themselves together to fight with Joshua and with Israel and with, with one accord. And when the inhabitants of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done unto Jericho and to Ai, they did work willily and, wear it and went and made as if they had been ambassadors and took old sacks upon their asses, and wine bottles, old and rent, and bound up. And old shoes and clouded upon their feet, and old garments upon them, and all the bread of their provision was dry and moldy. And they went to Joshua unto the camp at Gilgal, and said unto him, And to the men of Israel, We be come from a far country, now therefore make ye a league with us. And the men of Israel said unto the Hevites, for adventure ye dwell among us, and how shall we make a league with you? And they said unto Joshua, We are thy servants. And Joshua said unto them, Who are ye, and from whence come ye? And they said unto him, From a very far country thy servants are come because of the name of the Lord thy God. For we have heard the fame of him and all that he did in Egypt. And all that he did to the two kings of the Amorites that were beyond Jordan to Sihon, the Sihon king of Heshbon, and to Og, king of Bashan, which was at asterisk. Wherefore our elders and all the inhabitants of our country spake to us, saying, Take victuals with you for the, for the journey, and go to meet them, and say unto them, We are your servants, therefore now make ye a league with us. This our bread we took hot for our provision out of our houses on the day we came forth to go unto you. But now, behold, it is dry, and it is moldy. And these bottles of wine, which we filled, were new, and behold, they would be rent, and these are are garments, and our shoes are become, old by reason of the the very long journey. And the men took of their victuals, and asked not counsel at the mouth of the Lord. And Joshua made peace with them, and made a league with them, to let them live, and the princes of the congregation swear unto them. May the Lord prosper his word, whereto he sent it, and may the Lord bless you as you go about your week. You may be seated.
2: Our next hymn we'll be singing is Holy, Holy, Holy. Let's sing out as we worship him.
5: Holy.
2: be praised. All right, let's sing out now our hymn of the month, Embrace the Cross.
4: Thank you, Miss Leslie, I love that song. It says, for I am his and he is mine, bought by the precious blood of Christ. Is that true of you? Have you trusted Jesus Christ, your Savior? If you died right now, you know you go to heaven. Amen? The first five people stand up get to tell us about the day you trusted Jesus Christ, your Savior. Stand up, don't be ashamed, let's hear about it. Somebody who will be first. There you go, Miss Cindy. Tell us about it.
6: The day I got saved, I went to church with a neighbor across the street, and I was... I think about six or seven years old, I went to Sunday school class. She was my Sunday school teacher. And the kids were bouncing around as kids did, jumping off of the chairs <laughs> instead of sitting in them. And I was sitting there, and I remember her walking around, and she goes from her stand that she was teaching from, and she goes, Jesus loves you. And there was something that just hit my heart when she said that. And I was like, I felt overwhelmed with his love. So much so, I was like, I want him. I want him. And I believe that is the day I
4: got saved. Amen. Amen. Who'll be next? Stand up, over here. Catch. No, I won't do that to you.
7: <laughs> so I was in high school when I got saved. I wasn't until 15 years old, but I had already been baptized two times. But uh, I grew up in a Lutheran church. The day I got saved i you know I felt <coughs> conviction for my sin from the preaching of the word I was in a Christian school at chapel and i just I just felt the weight of my sin and uh you know during the invitation time, I uh, went back to talk to one of my teachers, his name is Craig Krieger, and he's still teaching today at, here in Indiana actually and uh so I went back to talk to him I was like i just and I told him i just know i I know I've done some stuff wrong. He's like, well, Jason, let me ask you this: Have you ever actually trusted Christ as your Savior? And he looked at me and he asked me that question. I'm like, no, no, I haven't. And that's the day that I accepted Christ. And uh, I'm thankful for that teacher who asked me that question. Amen. 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 Who's next?
4: I heard an "I will" over here, and Miss Brindley will come to you, okay?
6: Um. I was one of those who got saved at a young age. Um, When I was four, my parents took us to, um, I'm the oldest, so it was just the three of us, we went to the Bill Rice Ranch, and they had a kid's time where they took us aside. and um, I I don't remember the exact moment that I asked um, the Lord to save me, but I believe that I did um, because my life, (laughs) as much as a four-year-old can change, I just knew. And in later years, I talked to my mom, and I'm like, this is the way I remember that room and that setting. Um, And then I I led my friend to Jesus on the park, on the playground at school. And I never really doubted, had any doubts about my salvation. Um, But when I was nine, if any of you, I'm sure a lot of you remember, back in the 70s, the preachers, boy, when evangelists came to town, They preached fire and brimstone, and they could scare little kids, but I just remember feeling that fear of, what if, what if I was really too young, and in my heart, I knew I wasn't, and I believe that's because the Holy Spirit lives in me, and and I just knew, but I remember um, when I was nine, I was in the car with my parents, and we were just driving by, and I could point you the spot, and I said, he preached a message, and he preached about, it was the craziest one, I wish I had the message on tape, it was an elevator, And he took us through the message down the elevator, and we got closer and closer to hell. And it was so powerful, and I thought, Lord, I don't want to go there. And I believe I accepted you when I was four, and I believe I'm saved. But if I'm not, save me right now. I accept you right now. And that that is my solid moment. And in my flesh, I've doubted, but I have too much conviction every minute of every day from the Holy Spirit to ever doubt it.
4: Miss Brindley, no. Okay, that's three. Miss Joy, John, we'll come to you last, right? Uh, if you missed it, you missed it. I'm sorry. We'll sorry. Give you I that. have a
8: <laughs> slightly tired child here. Um, when uh, I grew up in church, that was a pastor. We were missionaries in South Africa, uh, and so I was inundated with um, the gospel story throughout my whole life. But um, when I was 11 years old, I uh, was laying down. I've always had a difficult time sleeping. That's why a night shift works great for me. Um, But I was laying. I didn't even want to sleep in my room. I was sleeping downstairs in, we called it the brown room, Um, on the couch because it was on the same level as my parents. And I just started having one of those, um, just my mind wandering wondering, you know, what would happen in life and things going on, and it soon turned to, you know, what would happen when I die. And um, I I knew the gospel, and I knew uh, what I needed to do, and so I went to my parents' bedroom and woke them up, and um, I told them that I wanted to get saved. And uh, I walked them through the gospel story on my own, just knowing that Jesus Christ died for me, shed his blood for my sins, um, and I knew that I needed to recognize him as my Savior. Uh, and accept that um that grace that that he has given us um and so I I did that. I prayed that there was my parents and um I've just been so grateful for that. Uh and he one of the first things I noticed of a change um was that one my one of my little brothers, I have five brothers. One of them in particular I just hated. <laughs> I really, really did. Like A strong <laughs> hatred and um God gave me a new love for him. And I just remember that that difference and just what an impact that made in my mind of what the grace of God can do in your life.
9: Amen. Amen. Thank you. Mr John Well I'm also a pastor's kid. Um I was seven years old when I got saved. I remember uh my dad who still pastors uh my home church it was just a church plant that was barely a year old, and we had talked to get Dr. Rick Flanders to do revival meetings for us that year. And I honestly don't remember much about what he preached about that night, but he talked a lot about hell and about the consequences of your sin and separation from God. And I remember, kind of like Miss Joy was mentioning, as a kid, you, you hear it all your life growing up, going to Sunday school, but that night it clicked. What's what's funny is that I didn't say anything at first. Church ended, we got home, kept thinking about it. We had dinner, kept thinking about it. It got dark, put the pajamas on, got in bed, still thinking about it. Finally, when my dad walked in and said, All right, son, are you ready to go to bed? I said, Dad, how do I get saved? So I accepted Christ at seven years old. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's wonderful.
4: Hey, we're going to give you chances to share that. Okay, so blood pressure over 200, and uh, so pray for Dave, There's son, tightness in his chest. And while we're going to prayer, we'll pray for Israel as well. Um, a lot of things happening in Israel, and we want to uh, we be those people who bless Israel, right? Because there's blessings from blessing Israel. <clears throat> so uh, let's go to the Lord. Father, we do bring Dave before you. Pray that you would just uh, touch his body, strengthen him, heal him up take away this high blood pressure, this tightness from his chest, it may not be anything serious, give the doctors wisdom as they're looking there. And Lord, we bring the nation of Israel before you. We thank you that uh, your word has been so faithful uh, throughout the millennia over them, and I pray that even now you would put a hedge of protection around them, that God, you would stop this uh, senseless war that's broken out, that you would uh, help uh, this to turn the nation to Christ as the Messiah, as the Savior of the world, and uh, we pray that you would just help us to do our jobs and keeping them before you. May the, may peace be upon Jerusalem, and we'll thank and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray, <clears throat> amen. Take your Bibles and turn to uh, the book of Colossians, chapter 4. So we want to give you ample opportunity to share your, share your testimony. Our goal through all, all of this, we're preaching the gospel messages on Sunday nights and on Sunday mornings on Sunday nights talking about how we can share the gospel so uh, next week we'll be actually looking at at methods by which we share the gospel if you let me use the word methods uh, you know to practice giving the gospel out um, I better not say anything about that I might scare some of you half out of your wits I don't know Uh, My ultimate goal, I'll just tell you, my ultimate goal is that we would have a Sunday evening service in which we would divide up into not prayer groups, but conversation groups, and you would treat each other as if you are lost people leading them to Christ, giving the gospel. Uh, One of the things I do with my Bible class at the beginning of the year is I ask them to write it out, pretend that your Bible teacher standing here in front of you is an unsaved person. Give me the gospel in such a way that it's clear enough that I would understand how to trust Christ as my Savior. And it's shocking how many Christians don't know how to do that, but how to share the gospel in a clear fashion so that the person hearing it can understand what it means to trust Christ as their Savior. And the end result is that people sitting in churches for years are questioning their salvation because uh they've never had that clear explicit understanding of it so we're we're working toward that uh i know that the moment i say that some of you're like okay i'm staying away from sunday nights for a while and uh and let me be the one to say shame on you for even thinking that you understand that's that's not the way we ought to be thinking about this uh that you know we ought to be saying thank you lord for helping me learn how to share the gospel in a meaningful fashion Because someone you know is going to die and go to hell if you don't tell them. That's the reality of all of this, right? God has strategically left us here to share the gospel with a lost and dying world. And he has strategically placed people in your life who need to hear the gospel. And uh, that needs to come from us. So we're working toward that. But tonight we're going to look at uh, step number four of adding power to an already powerful gospel. We've looked at our reactions to life's trials, and we looked at Paul and Silas in prison. We looked at our words and how that we need to have them seasoned with grace, and be careful to use them in a, in an edifying way, and not just to mock and ridicule those who are who are caught in sin, um, but instead to reach out with compassion. We looked at our walk last week and how our testimony, just as people see our lives, and several of you tonight mentioned you know, uh, how your lives changed as a result of the gospel coming in. And uh, <clears throat> so that, that's important that people see what the gospel has done, and so uh, that's huge. Tonight, uh, we're going to be in Colossians chapter 4, and uh, we're going to look at verse 5, but before we do, I'm going to read to you Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 16. It says this, redeeming the time, for the days are evil. And tonight, we're going to look at how we can redeem the time. Uh, We're running out of time, folks. We're running out of time. And we need to redeem it. Father, help us to take seriously uh, the opportunity, the responsibility of souls that you've given to us. As a body of believers, as individuals, may we be careful to notice the souls around us. And Father, we will thank and praise you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I have told you this story so many times, it's not funny, but... You know, there's always one of those, uh, and this is my story. So Eric Jones, the uh, senior at Ben Davis High School. I won't go through the whole story, but he came to our youth group. I was a youth pastor at a different church at that time. And, uh, and I'm driving him home from the activity. First time he'd ever been there, and he asked for a ride home. How he got there, I don't even know. He showed up, and then he said, Pastor John, can you give me a ride home? And I know. The Holy Spirit of God was saying, John, witness to Eric. But Eric was from Ben Davis, and he was the only kid we had in our youth group from Ben Davis. So it's like an opening into a new school system. And I didn't want to scare Eric away by being some wacko preacher, right? So I did not witness to him. He came again to a second activity and asked for a ride home. And I gave him a ride home. And that happened again. John, witness to Eric. Tell him the gospel. The next time I saw Eric was at Methodist Hospital. Well, I never actually saw him in the hospital. The next time I saw, heard from Eric was his mom at Methodist Hospital. And he was in a car accident. The hood of the car came back, caught his chin, and just about took his head off. And uh, they did 11 hours worth of the surgery, and Eric died. And uh, I have no clue if anyone ever told Eric the God. I know this. I didn't. That's what I know. I hope there was a faithful Christian in Eric's life that was more faithful than your pastor was at that moment. I knew the gospel. I knew my responsibility. I failed to redeem the time. We're running out of time, folks. You watch what's happening over in the Middle East, and that should put up red flags for us all over the place. What? What? What is... Uh, activity in the Middle East mean to us as Christians? Lord's coming back. Lord's coming back. And one of these times we're going to hear about activity in Israel, and it's going to be the time. And the Lord's coming back. We're running out of time. This morning we talked about, you know, the individual making the decision, why they're running out of time, because death comes upon all people. We're running out of time because people's hearts get harder and harder and harder as we allow time to go by. Circumstances change You know, you you don't always have a second opportunity to share the gospel with someone just because circumstances change. You know, okay, now I'm going to witness to my neighbor finally. And all of a sudden, you go home and there's a for sale sign and you never have seen your neighbor again. They've moved and you missed it. We never know, but we are called upon by God to redeem the time because the days are evil. In Colossians chapter 4, here's what it says. Walk in wisdom. And I want you to underline this next phrase. What does it say? Toward them that are without. That's the unsaved people out there. You and I are called by God to walk toward them. It's not their responsibility to come seek us out. It's our responsibility to walk toward them. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without. And then God repeats that phrase again, redeeming the time. Redeeming the time so tonight you're going to give me you're going to get to help me uh, preach some of this. I want us to to Consider how I want to I, I like practical stuff in the, in the scripture, right? I I know that you can get into all the academics and we can parse You know sentences and we can decide tenses and we can do all of that but the reality is if you can't go home with something that makes that has meaning then, you know, it becomes sounding brass and tinkling cymbal, and we're not interested in that concept. We want to actually give us something we can put to work. So I-, I want this to be very practical. Let's figure out how we can redeem the time. Well, some of these things we've already said. We need to watch our speech, right? But here's what the Bible says. Speak the truth in love. Now, take, take that phrase and combine it with what the Bible re- 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 what we read in the Scripture this morning. And let me ask you this question. When do we speak the truth? Now is the accepted time. Behold, today is the day of salvation. If now is the accepted time and today is the day of salvation for that lost friend that you have, or that lost family member that you have, don't you think that now would be, that today would be the day that we should share the gospel? One of the problems that I find that we have is that we, we plan things, Right? We're going to, we're going to, we're going to. Well, this is, a, this is an old saying. It's not a Bible saying. You need to know this, right? But the road to hell is what? Paved with good intentions. I, I'm planning on someday, when, when the right time comes, sharing the gospel with this person. But when does God say is the right time? Now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. Teenager, that friend that you go to school with needs Jesus, and now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. It's not going to... That, that doesn't change. If we're going to redeem the time, that means that we need to be actively speaking the truth now. Uh, it, we just simply can't keep putting it off. I guarantee you that you're never going to get to heaven and say, I wish I had not spoken to that person. But there will be a ton of regret when we stand in heaven saying, I wish I had spoken to that person. We've got to make it happen. We're redeeming the time. The concept of redeeming the time is just to, to make it work, right? Now is to accept the time. today. Here's what Romans 10 says. How can they call on him whom they have not believed? And how can they believe in whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without a preacher? without somebody telling them. They can't believe unless they hear, and they can't hear unless somebody speaks it. And we need to get busy redeeming the time. This is important for us to redeem the time. So, this is, now, now I'm going to get very, very practical. This is not going to, I'm not going to show you necessarily Scripture, although there might be some stories in the Scripture that will come up. Are there times, do you think, that people are more receptive to the things of God. Okay, so what I want us to do is walk through. You're going to help me here. Let's walk through those times. If we're going to redeem the time, then once we see, oh, this is one of those times. Now, I've been been witnessing already because now is the time, but, wow, when there's a circumstance that takes place that we know has a tendency to cause people to be more receptive, that's when I need to really jump on it. So what's one of those times? Funerals. Funerals. People come to funerals with their hearts tender. This is like, listen, I'm gonna be, this is going to be controversial for some of you, but I am going to discourage any of you from not having a visitation of a body for your funeral. Because I'm telling you, people need the shock of seeing that. Now, I know that many of you think that that's just morbid, and you just want us to have a celebration. We can still have a celebration. I don't mind a celebration. I understand what it means to die and be in heaven. That is a celebration, right? I'm not opposed to that. But there is something about seeing a dead body that causes people to think. And I know it's more expensive, and I know that the trend right now is, is you know, to, is cremation, and I'm aware that there's no real biblical mandate on which of these you should do, all right? I I know that. I know it. But if you would just trust someone who has been doing funerals for as long as many of you have been saved or even alive, there is power in being slapped in the face with reality. And that doesn't happen when we bypass these things. It just doesn't. And there's just something about walking in and seeing someone that tenderizes a heart that's in desperate need. You can do whatever you want. I'm not going to preach ill at your funeral. If I preach your funeral and ah, they didn't listen to me, I'm
5: <laughs>
4: it has nothing, this isn't a biblical issue necessarily. You can argue whether it is. There are some people who do believe it is, by the way. But I personally don't see in the scripture where there's a mandate one way or another. So I'm going to preach the Bible, and you can survive with preaching me preaching the Bible. Is that all right? So I'm going to preach the Bible. But I'm going to tell you, people's hearts are tender at certain times, and that is a tender moment. And we need to jump on those moments. We are to redeem the time. We're called upon by God to redeem the time. Now, that doesn't mean it has to happen while they're standing right up here, right? We don't want to be rude, you know, but it does mean that during this time frame, That we allow God to use us while their hearts are tender. What's another one of those moments where people might uh, be more susceptible to the gospel? Their illness or family illness, right? We're kind of hitting the same theme. It's When we are faced with our own mortality, we have a tendency to think about eternity, right? So when we're watching a family member slowly decaying toward death that causes people to think about eternity. When we're we're at the doctor's and the doctor's giving us some bad news, it causes us to think about eternity. And and again, we need to be wise as serpents, harmless as doves. We need to make sure that our speech is seasoned with grace. Uh, All of those principles still come true. But at those moments, people's hearts have a tendency to be more receptive to the things of God. And I'm, I'm afraid that sometimes we're like, I mean, we feel awkward about it because I'm literally going to, in the face of death, talk to someone about death. I'm going to tell you. I have led more than one person to the Lord in a conversation that sounds like this. They're in a hospital bed, and they're probably not coming home. And I look at them and say, you know, you're probably not coming home, right? Are you ready? To face God. That's morbid, Pastor, I know. But I'm telling you, I've led more than one person to the Lord that way. Because people facing those things, their hearts are receptive. And so when when we are within someone's sphere of influence, and they're going through one of those circumstances, we need to redeem the time. We need to step in. Uh, So... Maybe you know Jack and Darlene Boswell and their son Nick, Jackie, Jackie and son Jackie. Um, I, I, <laughs> I got to tell you the story because actually was, it's a funny story. Uh, I preached at his funeral, and he had lived like the devil. I'm just telling you. He was 52, 51 years old, and uh, he abused his body with drugs and alcohol. And he had he had that reputation. And at his funeral, there are there are um, like Hell's Angels bikers, and I don't know if they were Hell's Angels or not. But they're Hells, you know, like Hell's Angels bikers, and and I mean, you, there were more tattoos in there than there were toes uh, in in that funeral service, and uh, it was like, woo it was just, it was interesting. And uh, I'm gonna stand up. I I'm, I'm at the hospital. He's dying, and I lead Jackie to the Lord. On his deathbed, literally. And I'm going to stand up and tell these people, Jackie's in heaven. And they're going to laugh at me because they know what Jackie was like. And so I literally read the story of the thief on the cross. And I said, can you imagine what it was like for the thief on the cross for somebody to say to his mother, his wife, his kids, hey, guess what? Your husband's in heaven. (laughs) <laughs> you, you don't know who my husband is. He's the one that's up there on that cross. Yeah, I know, but Jesus said, This day thou shalt be with me in paradise. Wow. He trusted Jesus at the last moment, right? I mean, that's, that's what I was doing for Jackie. And so it was, it was a great opportunity to share the gospel and show just how willing God is to reach out to us. And so I uh, did that. What's another one of those circumstances? Got to hurry. I'm running out of time. The birth of a child changes everything. Oh, the hardest of people, the the first time that somebody, if you've never had that experience, your day will come. When they place that child in your arms and it just changes you forever. Wow. And all of a sudden you're like, I got to straighten up and fly right, right? Because I've got this responsibility sitting here in front of me. And it changes everything. And all of a sudden, that heart that could have cared less. I mean, how many of us have watched as those young couples all of a sudden start going to church? they never darkened the door of a church before, but all of a sudden they're like, they're seeking something. Their hearts are receptive. And while their hearts are receptive, we want to redeem the time. What's another one? Taking someone's place, meaning what? Okay, so anytime that you are doing something gracious and kind for someone, all of a sudden that becomes a tender moment for them. And people will see that. They will understand it. What's another one? Christmas and Easter. Proverbally, right? That's when people come to church, Christmas and Easter. Why are our hearts tender during those times, man? Okay. They're coming. There's a reason. They don't even know the reason necessarily. But here's what's happening. You know, what they're thinking. They're thinking about Grandma, and they're thinking about Aunt Susie, and they're thinking about the. And they're remembering. Oh, I remember the joyful times that we had, and their hearts, and, and their hearts are drawn to these things. And we need to redeem the time. People, will, by the way, just people will come to church on Christmas and Easter. So you can invite them to church on Christmas and Easter. They may not come any other time, but they'll come on Christmas and Easter. Give me one more. Family gatherings when we go through a rough times. So we've got a couple of, as they're watching us going through that makes their hearts tender. Exactly. Have you ever have you ever been overwhelmed by someone else's joy when they're dying of cancer? Or something along that line? You go to you go to encourage them and you leave being encouraged because wow, it was just amazing. And it makes your heart tender. You get the idea. We are called upon by God to redeem the time. Uh, I've, I've got financial issues, I've got divorce, I've got legal issues. By the way, that's why prison ministries are so great, and jail ministries are so great. People people are ready to uh, listen. We call them, in, in the army, what do they call them? In the military, what are these called? Foxhole professions. And sometimes I know we use that term because it's like, well, they didn't really mean it. But I'm telling you, the flip side of that is, when they're in the foxhole and bullets are flying, they're tender, right? They're thinking about things differently. And when life has bullets flying around us, people are tender. Um, if I'm going to redeem the time, I'm trying to make this practical. We've got to get past our own fears. See, I, I'm, okay, Pastor John, I want to redeem the time. Fine. Then guess what? I've got to quit worrying about what's going to happen if this person rejects the gospel message that I share. I know they're not rejecting me, but here's the thing. This is my brother. And, you know, Thanksgiving is just around the corner. And what's that going to do to Thanksgiving? You see what happens? And we start talking ourselves out of it. But what we're not doing is redeeming the time. When my brother is in the hospital and he's he's having heart issues, by the way, this happened to my family, I can't be worrying about what's going, to, what's going to happen at Thanksgiving. I better be worrying about what's going to happen to my brother. I better redeem the time. And it becomes a challenge. And sometimes we start, we're worried about, oh man, it's going to be really awkward at work. What's, what's going to happen if this person rejects? You know, how, how am I going to continue to work with them? And we get all worried about this stuff, and we, we fail to redeem the time. When the time is there for us to redeem, we fail to redeem it because we're, we're, afraid of rejection sometimes we're afraid of being in over our heads right what if they ask me a question that i can't answer well guess what there's always a question you can't answer i don't care who you are i don't care how many years of bible college you got under your belt there's always a question you can't answer but that's why we want to get the gospel down very clearly because if i can answer the questions about the gospel the rest of it doesn't matter And the rest of it doesn't matter anyway, right? You understand? It doesn't matter what they think about communion if they're going to hell. That doesn't matter anymore. So we've got to deal with the things that are important. So I get the gospel down. As long as I can answer the gospel questions, I'm golden here. And if I can't answer the gospel questions, I need to be asking myself, why not? Do I know I'm going to heaven? And how do I know? Because once I've settled that issue, I can answer all the questions I need to answer. You understand? Because the gospel is the important part. That's what we're focusing on. We need to redeem the time. And we need to you know, quit worrying about getting in over our heads, the awkwardness, the peer pressure, all those things. have got to hurry. We've got to live with eternity in view, and I'm, I'm, I've got to be done here. If we can constantly think when we see somebody, oh, look, there's some new neighbors. And I know that the future holds one of two things for those new neighbors. The great white throne, where all those who know Christ are on the right and all those goats sheep on the right goats on the left right everybody's going to stand there it, 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 everybody's going to be it, this is what it is or as Christians even so let's say if they're, a, they're a Christian then every one of us is going to stand and give an account of ourselves before God if I can live with eternity in mind am I willing to stand before God with a I should have I could have, and I didn't, so they didn't? Or would I rather stand before God with, I should have, I could have, I did, and they didn't? You understand? I mean, I've got to live with eternity in view. I don't know how many Eric Jones it's going to take, right? For us to say, I don't want. To stand it like you know what you know what Ezekiel chapter three says? Verse eighteen, I think it is. I'll paraphrase it because I can't quote it exactly. If we see a wicked man in his sin, and we fail to warn that wicked man of his wicked ways, that wicked man will die in his sin. But men know the rest of it. His blood will I require at thine hand. We're going to give an account of the Eric Joneses in their lives that pass through our lives we fail to redeem the time and they're standing in eternity blood on our hands there's a reason why God has to wipe away the tears in heaven think about that the Bible says he does praise the Lord he does but there's a reason why God has to wipe away the tears and uh, I want us to consider how we might redeem the time. Let's have that about nice clothes, please. I know that this whole day has been kind of heavy topics, I know. But the gospel, while it is a rejoicing for those of us who have trusted Christ, it is a heavy topic for us. We need, we need to consider those who God has placed into our path, and are we redeeming that time? What if a circumstance changes and you never see them again? What if death comes upon them before you see them next? Are they facing one of those tender moments and we're letting it slip away because we're afraid, because we're, it's awkward, because of peer pressure, whatever it might be? Pastor, God has brought somebody to my mind. There's somebody that I, I'm thinking of that I know I'm not redeeming the time with. Pastor, I don't want them to be my Eric Jones. Pastor, would you pray that God would give me the boldness, the wisdom, to walk in wisdom toward them, to the courage to step out, to redeem the time with the gospel? Pastor, would you pray for me? Would you slip your hand up and let me see that so I can pray for you? Hands have gone up across the place. If your hand didn't go up, I'm just asking. I'm just asking. Don't please raise your hand. Is it because you're redeeming the time for everybody in your life? Or is it because you're still being so driven by fear that you're saying, I'm not ready to ask God to help me redeem the time? I don't know Folks, we're here for a purpose, and yes, it is to glorify God. We're here as the gospel messengers. That's us, ambassadors for Christ. Father, thank you for the many, many hands that have gone up. The, the souls have been brought to mind. God, I pray that you would burden hearts with those souls today, that, God, they would be looking for and planning for opportunities to redeem the time. Father, may we not plan it out so much that we forget that now is the time. Today's the day. Be with each one us. raise their hand. Be with the rest and just help us all, God, to be so burdened with the people you've placed into our lives that we cannot help but share your love with them. And, Father, we'll thank and praise you for all that you do in Jesus' name. Let's stand together. We're going to sing. Only one life. Only one life to offer as we sing. The altar is open to you. You step out. Let the Lord have his way as we
3: sing together.
4: And yesterday we uh, relived a day of camp, and uh, so we try to do everything that you do at camp. We had a fun time, had a great. If you did anybody video the fun time, the uh, men in white shirts, we need to get that. I want to copy of that, so somebody send that to me, would you please? Uh, so, uh, and and DeAndre, by the way, texted me and said, did anybody? Be? So that was hilarious. If you get a chance to watch it, we'll need to get it posted out there. Um, we had. Uh, three game times outside we played large group games had a blast with those we had three preaching sessions that was wonderful to watch the lord work and we memorized scripture praise the lord the red team won because i don't know if it made a difference or not but we forgot some of the scripture memory cards that were back there and uh, this is from the red team and they had memorized all of their verses and quoted them to a the leader so uh, i'm so glad that the red team was the one that won already so didn't want to cheat anybody out of that one, but it was, it was just a great day. We appreciate uh, your, kind, your kind prayers for that day. Anything else I'm supposed to be announcing? Next week, deacons, we have somebody who would like to join the church. I'm going to mention it now, so I have a lot of help. And by the way, if there's anyone else that needs to make that step, if you're just starting to visit, then we know you need to think about it and pray about it. But if, you, if there's anybody else, then just know we're going to meet next week. So what happens is we meet Sunday morning, right after the morning service. And then Sunday night, we present you to the church, and the church votes you in officially. So uh, we'll plan on doing that next week. And I won't forget next week, Miss Grace, I hope, with everybody's help. Anything else? Lord bless you. Keep you. Make your face shine upon you. Give you peace. Love you all. God bless you. You are dismissed.